Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Try to teach here today as far as what the Lord's been putting in my spirit. And he's been putting this thing sort of in my spirit for about a month. So, sort of frustrating. Sometimes you just want to get that unloaded. But it takes a time sometimes when he puts something sort of important upon your mind to actually know what he's saying and speaking to your life. But we're going to be, I'm going to be trying to make some sense of exposing the spirit of Antichrist in our world. And, uh, I mean, we're in an important hour, and we need, as a church body and ambassadors for Christ, to understand not only our purpose, but what the enemy's trying to do to counteract our purpose and understand what we got to do not only to combat him and lose our, our energy and our focus on him, but that we can be on the offensive and not fall for his distractions and everything that would be coming our way. But in exposing, in exposing the spirit of Antichrist, I'm not really going to be trying to pinpoint who the Antichrist is. I don't really think it's Donald Trump. I don't really think it's Joe Biden. I don't really think it's any of this. It's, it's of a Jewish descent. We know it's a, a person that is going to come, I believe, um, in the near future. But it's going to be at the point where the church is getting out of the picture that the Antichrist arises. But 10 characteristics of the Antichrist is he's going to be claimed that he is God and he is worshipped. Is worshiped. He will blaspheme God. He will display miraculous powers. The Antichrist comes back to life. Um, the Antichrist rules in full authority. The Antichrist will control the world's economy. The Antichrist desecrates God's temple. The Antichrist attempted destruction of Israel, causes earth armies to fight against Christ. Basically, his final destiny destination is going to be in the lake of fire so I'm glad that he's going to end up there but anyhow we're dealing with spirits of antichrist things and thoughts and agendas that this world and things would like us to fall prey upon and we don't want to fall prey upon that and that's what I'm wanting to expose here I'm not just trying to think I'm smart speaking about the antichrist this is something the Lord put in my spirit and I know it's sort of above me but I've been praying that as he'll prepare the messenger I've worked on that more than the message that you'll receive within your spirit what God's trying to speak to me to share with you basically the antichrist means anti-messiah against in place of his ultimate person purpose is to put a false messiah in place of the true messiah he's going to be a man of lawlessness he's going to be the supreme embodiment of rebellion against God's laws the son of perdition it's the spirit of antichrist that is now leading the destructive forces that are now unleashed against mankind 
we can, we're going to read in 2 Thessalonians. I'm going to start moving quicker here because i got a lot to cover. 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 15. It speaks about, there's a lot of scriptures. But now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as for us as that day of Christ is at hand let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. It already works. Only he who now letteth will let. Are we going to let it? Until he be taken out of the way, and then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of truth, that they might be saved." And for this cause God shall send them a strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or epistle. We've got to stand fast. There's a lot of scriptures there to give you a brief understanding of, of what the Bible speaks about the spirit of Antichrist already working. But you see, this spirit has been working from the very beginning. You look at Adam and Eve up in the garden and they messed everything up for us and we're still dealing with it today. But that spirit of when that snake came to them and them, you know, becoming as God, so to say. At that point, a choice allowing the flesh to be drawn to what the enemy was offering rather than to obey the truth that was the word of God. So it becomes, a, in a say, sitting aside the word of God and when you do that, you fall prey to, to listen to the enemy, which is going to give you maybe something close, but it's going to give something that will trip you up that comes with consequences, as you can see what transpired there. Got a lot of different places in the Word of God here that we're going to look. I know I'm trying to cover a lot of ground. It's a little bit different. But... Um, if we can, let's look at Genesis 3, 1 through 7. 3, 1 through 7. And it says, Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. 
And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said? He's going to question. Ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, Ye may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And say nothing about touching. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. Ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Sort of what our world's trying to unveil before our eyes. Why do we need a God? You can become a God. You can allow enlightenment to come just as Adam and Eve, and you can become your own God. Who needs God? Who needs his laws? Who needs his restrictions? There's things that you're needing that he's trying to keep you from. He has been in the deceiving game since the very beginning, since he got booted out, his keys taken away. We're going to go over that here today. And um, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen speaks, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. However, he does not represent Christ co-equal. I want to bring that to... He is nothing more than a fallen angel. Um, he might be equal with the other two head angels, Michael and them. But it does seem, however, he started as a little slithery snake when he sort of got to that point. The Lord sort of put them curses upon the ground and man and, and then the enemy and he had to roar on his belly. But later in the Bible, it speaks of him of becoming a dragon, something more powerful, it seems. And what is that glimpse? Is he becoming more powerful over time? It seems that way. He's gaining power. It seems that way because the Bible does speak hell hath enlarged itself. It's enlarging itself with many souls. However, according to the Bible, it says everything will get worse. It's waxing worse in this day and hour. You see, his deception... I asked Sister Burke a little bit about this because I didn't want to come up here and say, oh, he's just going to get more powerful as the time comes and get it wrong. But she helped me with this. It says, his deception will be widespread as he gains so much ground in the hearts and minds of people. He will have a greater falling that will believe his lies and deception. His power is the same, but his influence is greater. His influence is greater. You see, just like the church, we have all the power available. You know, he gave, upon this rock, you know, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church. We're solid. We got the, him being the chief cornerstone. But I'm telling you, we, we have all that power available through the power of the Holy Ghost. But when we come together in a spirit of unity, the mightier acts of God we will see. And I believe this comes a lot through walking in the Spirit. If we come together in unity, we got to be walking in the Spirit for it to really become powerful. And we must walk in the Spirit, coming with expectation of our heart and faith. You see, we can't just afford to come together and really do our thing without getting our focus upon Him. The enemy would love for us to lower it. But when it's about him, and when it's about his cause, we, we can truly see what's most important. Uh, 
you see just as the beginning there's a scripture in the Bible it talks about in John 3 and 30 he must increase in our lives as we exalt him I believe that's what we come together to do today learn more and exalt him in our lives make it more room for him but we must decrease the enemy's got this backwards he wants us to increase and him to decrease on that priority level but I'm telling you just as that scripture is in place we're seeing it in this world today righteousness exalteth a nation but sin is a reproach to the people sin is running rampant in our world sin is running rampant even in a lot of church worlds it's not time for the church to fold up shop it's not time for us just to give in and let him have his way and, and take over in our take over in this hour there's going to be a church that's going to hinder him from coming and, and, and we're part of that church amen we're part of that church we're, we're going to be obstacles to the enemy and his agenda and what he would want to trip us up and deceive us in 1st Timothy 3 and 16 well 2nd Thessalonians 2 and 7 it says for the mystery of iniquity which we already read the scripture doth already work only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way Christ is that representation of the church and we as body of believers we cannot afford to allow you know the enemy just to take over we're not going to let him we're not going to let him have an inch you know but you can see as he has captivated the hearts and minds and thinking of so many he is in a way taking over hell has enlarged itself there is going to be a mighty revival in this last hour but there's going to be opposition 1 Timothy 3 and 16 it says and without controversy great is the mystery talking about mysteries you know the mystery of iniquity and, and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles believe on in the world received up into glory the Bible it speaks of only one being good right only one being good <laughs> if Jesus is not God he's not no good amen I got that from an old preacher I listened to a tape his name was Joe Duke but I thought it was pretty good but there's only one see the enemy knows that and he's always been trying to get him out of the way so he could be number one you know he, he ain't happy with being just an angel you know he ain't happy with just allowing you to put God on the forefront of your priority level and he's trying to invade that in our nation in our thinking it sometimes only takes one generation that'll fall away from God fear and statutes and morality and we'll see what's unleashed in our world and it's just going to fall to it's going to be a mess is what it's going to be we're seeing much of that now you see the enemy he understands the big picture but he didn't understand all along with others what was transpiring when he tried to get Jesus out of the way when Jesus was in the flesh on his ministry here it says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 8 which none of these princes of this world knew for had they known it they would not have crucified the Lord of glory <laughs> they wouldn't have set themselves up to be hammered in the head by that heel to put under defeat and to lose the keys of 
death, hell, and a grave. Christ was the conqueror of that. All right, ways to expose here today, ways to know and discern the spirit of Antichrist. 1 John 4, 2 through 6, it says, Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. You see, this subject has been permeating my mind for a while, but um, I do believe it's timely right now for... I don't hear much preaching on Antichrist and stuff. I don't try to keep up with all of it and everything, but it's important for us to understand what things are slipping under the radar that are of the enemy that are influencing the hearts and minds that are hindering them to coming from God because we want to get a hold of their attention we got to break them and wake them up and say hey it's a, it's a day and hour but it's the spirits of Antichrist that is trying to uh, put God number two or put dethrone him in a way and put him in a lower place than he needs to be. But Christ is be, God, if I be lifted up, he's going to draw all men unto him. You know, we got to lift him up with our lives. We got to keep him at that priority level in our lives that we must draw others to him. This basically was birthed in my spirit. I believe it was Labor Day weekend. I went down with at my parents I was out in the woods sort of we slept out in an RV out there but I started coming into different areas and the spirit allowed me to feel the evil the manifested evil in different areas I've discerned it before that there's different areas different feelings but the Lord began to speak with me about how the complexion of whole cities hearts and minds are getting infected by this thing creeping in and that the the more people the enemy has turned their minds from God the more jurisdiction and ways of these cities and the more the church has got to fight through to see the victory of principalities and powers getting ruled out that God might have free reign that we might really see the revival that we desire and we hear preached and anticipated that we would really like to be a part of and I believe the victory has come somewhat and I believe we have it have sort of received that. I know it happened at the cross, but the thing of it is, hell is enlarging itself. There's many other souls. All the victory hasn't transpired. There's still souls up for grabs. There's still revival to be had. There's still differences to be made. You know, there's still time to work. The enemy knows there's but a short time, and he's working his tail off, working overtime. It's time for the church to understand it's our hour to work and our hour to promote Jesus and our hour to lift him up in our lives. Amen. You see, there was a, just a little post that reconfirmed this because I had a good message I would have liked to sort of share today and I almost jumped on that. That's what my flesh was wanting to do but the Lord said you need to expose the spirit of Antichrist. I felt the spirit speaking that maybe not so much the Lord but the spirit speaking that to me. And a day later, after I, I settled that, I was on Facebook. Lord help me. I need to get my face in the book, my face off that, you know. But anyhow, <laughs> I had a friend on there that posted a, a lady that we work for, a nice lady. She goes to church and everything. She posted a good thing about 
how that they're, she posted just a godly thing. She posts different things, little Christian things. And it said, light has no shadow. God is light. In him, there, there's no darkness at all. I believe that's 1 John 1 and 5. And basically, I had a friend confront that with this thinking, and I identified it quickly as what's sort of going on in our world. He also said, he created the universe, so by what logic or what created him? Think about that. It's an impossibility. Isn't that sad? We got people thinking it's an impossibility. You, you drive around our world, you see the mountains, you see the beauty of his handiwork, and they're trying not to give him credit for it, say there is no God. I usually don't jump on this. I, I backed off at it several times, but I, I thought about it for about 45 minutes, and then I responded. I put... I wouldn't be a true friend if I ignored this. I'll be praying he reveals himself to you. I would be more than happy to give you a Bible study along with personal real life testimonies that support that there is a God. His name is Jesus. Can we just say that today? Jesus. Jesus. That's our God. Not in a way to offend you and make myself look right and you wrong, but God is really real. Just in the last month or two, I personally seen two devil-possessed people that were hooked on heroin be delivered from the enemy by praying and asking God to help them. In Jesus' name, the spirits came out and they were <laughs> themselves. They also later got baptized that same night. And I put me, my wife, and my friend, Brother Josh, were the ones praying for them. Not just someone else's story. There was a lot more details to the story. Not only is there a God, but also an adversary. But even he knows there is one God and he trembles, as James speaks. Don't mean to be getting all religious on you, but there is no doubt in my mind that there is definitely a God. I would love to give you a Bible study. I just left it there. But I understand... <laughs> It's sort of sad. That's our generation today. They choose what to believe in. They choose to allow the, the flesh and the temporal things to be their everything. What an upsetting day when they, what an upsetting day when you know the Bible talks about if our hope is only in this world, we're going to be most miserable. It's going to be even more miserable when they get there. It's not going to be a pleasant place. But I'm telling you, there's still time. I'm praying the Lord does reveal himself. Even in that story there, it was less than two months ago, we were asked to help. They needed help. Me, my wife, and my friend, we helped sort of with the situation because there was some enemy involved with the two people that were hooked on drugs that were trying to make their way to the Lord. It was a crazy ordeal. Basically, no preaching got to that night. The spirit broke out. We went back and we started to pray for them. And the girl, we started, my wife and Brother Josh started praying for this girl. Her eyes were black. Black when they started. Brother Josh later told me that they came to blue after that spirit. It was slithering like a snake, sort of, in a way. That spirit had to go. I don't know if she let it back in. Obviously, you got to do your part or that thing's coming back seven times worse. So, But anyhow, I was praying for the other gentleman, which I sort of knew, which helped. But he's a pretty big guy, and me, me and Brother Josh, as soon as we said the name of Jesus, he started swinging, he started slurring, 
and he jumped and ran out and screamed out of the church and ran out towards the highway and was about ready to jump in front of cars. Holy Ghost boldness came on me and I went after him. <laughs> I went after him and me and another person and I just calmed him down, wasn't trying to be all religious, but I went out there and was looking after his safety. And I was talking him down and letting him know the Lord God here is to help you. And you're in the right spot. The enemy's trying to keep you from the victory that's right here. But I mentioned when I was talking to him, I just mentioned the name Jesus, right? I know there's power in the name. We all do. We sing the song. But I was talking down. That's the only sort of religious thing I said to him. I mentioned the name of Jesus. And he started growling at me like a, like a live tiger ready to pounce on his prey. But it let me know how powerful that name is. Long story short, they both got baptized. <laughs> only one of them, him, he received the Holy Ghost. And luckily I mean you know when he came out of the water or he went in the water he went down in the name of Jesus he came to himself I mean he looked like some monster that couldn't even concentrate in the back of church you know it took him like 10 days of detoxing to make him have courage to come but he sat in his right mind after church and he prayed through in the water and then when he was sitting down so it was a victory over the enemy but you think about that name of Jesus so there's a real spiritual battle going on in many lives that that was just an eye-opener, a personal testimony. But in Romans, if we can look at the book of Romans, it lets you know how powerful the name of Jesus is, though you'd have had been there to experience it. It was, it was pretty powerful. Romans 1, 20 through 28, it says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful but were vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened professing themselves to be wise they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things verse 24 wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator sort of like an animal like instinct more than the creator the creature like the serpent instead of the creator Adam and Eve who is blessed forever also for this cause God gave them up to vile affection for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature this ain't my opinion this is the word of God just like the Webster dictionary and likewise also men leaving the natural use of the women burned in their own lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was met and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge that's a big thing our generation is not liking to retain God in their knowledge God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do them things which are not convenient. <laughs> I got to a place in my, my life 
where I could have sort of replaced God in my knowledge and I could have let the flesh lead me I was I was pretty wild and I was hanging around in the drug scene and into hanging around with spiritual places that could really you could see the enemy manifesting himself and some weird stuff happening um raves I mean just other things transpiring you know chasing after things sort of like woodstock and stuff swag stocks and things I seen some things happen I seen the spiritual realm before I got in church that made me a true believer of what's truly out there what the enemy's about I've seen witches levitate down trail um, I've seen the paganistic drum circles till daylight you know there, there's a big picture it seems like the innocence you know of the the sacrifice of the innocence is abomination to the Lord as young children begin to give themselves into sin more and sore the enemy is just magnified in that and loves that it's an offering to him live tigers I mean I, I've seen some things transpire so I got to a place when I was living that lifestyle sitting around you know I mean in the wrong state of mind mushrooms acid all that good stuff that messes up your mind that makes you illegally insane that, that allows the spiritual realm to come in and I got to a point where I'd have to call on God and ask him to help to retain God in my knowledge to retain and come to the place of reality instead of just wigging out of my mind many times this went on for a couple years but anyhow anyhow at that point I believe I kept having to ask the Lord for help when I get to that point uh, and I know who to call on but it came to a point where the enemy was trying to trick me if I'd sell myself out to the enemy in such a way the enemy would use me and I'd be alright and be used of the enemy in ways I wouldn't have to feel guilt and combination for just having pleasure in unrighteousness see I always taught right and I had a fear of God so I, I knew that it was not right but sin is a, is a you know it was fun for a season but we do know at the end of the season there, there, there's heartache, there's pain. You know, his agenda is to steal and to kill and destroy life. So I didn't mean to get into that, but I came to a place where I could have sold out Christ. I mean, it's hard to sort of say now it's all cleaned up, you know, hair past my shoulders, just a hipped out looking dude, chilled out, you know, but I was hanging around some, some heathens, some bad scenes. <laughs> but that was then and this is now this is like 16 years later and I understand what the enemy's doing even now he's getting worse and worse as this day and hour transpires but you see we're living in a generation in an ungodly world that don't like to retain God in their knowledge <laughs> you can see um, you can see these things get all out of whack when the flesh is out of control this generation does not like to retain God in their knowledge it, not only does Acts 2 and 38 you know 37 38 tells us to repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost but it tells us to save ourselves from this untoward generation a generation that would like to replace God and allow us to become God and give our allegiance to the enemy rather than him and that's what it comes down to they want to dethrone God you see there is no fear of God you know and many of them that had pleasure in unrighteousness they got to watch maybe they have never been taught the truth I'm not trying to charge them wrongfully maybe they have never been exposed to apostolic truth maybe they've never been exposed to a Holy Ghost filled environment that they need that they feel freedom 
and they feel the power of God and they feel victory over everything that's got them bound. I'm not trying to be a critic here today. I've, I, I've been on both sides of this thing. Colin, I got like 10 papers of two different things I'm going to get into. I got, I'm going to try to wrap this up, but I got t 10 of each. If anybody would want one, I'm going to go over a little literature here as far as Satanism and what it's doing in our world right now. And not only that, but also their symbolism and what they use to dishonor God and the symbols behind these things that are lurking in many of the t-shirts, I mean the rock world and all these things. If, I mean, would you care to hand out maybe somebody that would have their hand raised? Um, I got 10 of these each. And we just see evil manifesting itself as never before in our eyes. We understand that we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, this, in, this world is trying to elevate evil in a way. And how was this success brought in? The success was brought in from late times. I mean, there was always something witchy and spooky and there was something that turned away from God but there's symbolism there's the church of Satan I'm going to speak about just a little bit was formed in 1966 in San Francisco Anton LaVey was one of the leaders that opened this up and there was also another person before that Aleister Crawley Black Sabbath sings about him Mr. Crawley but he was a bad person and uh, they got an agenda ever get the time just look what their books and their thoughts might have been. It's the opposite of everything that we stand for. It opposes Christ in every way possible. So we got to be against this kind of thing. Basically, in an article printed by the Rolling Stone magazine on September 5th, 1991, this Anton Salvador LaVey, which, let me just give you a brief understanding of him, he was a bald-haired guy, super white complexion because he stayed in his house all the time. He had pointy ears. He ran around with a cape. He played the organ all the time. Uh, he lived in a home surrounded by barbed wire fence, chain-link fence with barbed wire. He had probably, I think, a, a live lion in his house, tarantula. He had black walls and a red ceiling. And there was much more going on. He wrote the basically the the Bible of Satan and many other books that would raise their hair hairs on your head but anyhow there was much evil he sort of presented it in a way that it wasn't so bad and all this stuff but if we can read basically their beliefs and what they began I'm going to try to hurry up the church of Satan worships Satan most clearly symbolized in the Roman god Lucifer the bearer light the spirit of the air the personification of enlightenment Satan is not visualized as a Satanist the self is the highest embodiment of human life and is sacred. The church of Satan is essentially a human potential movement and the members are encouraged to develop whatever capabilities they can by which they might excel. They are, however, cautioned to recognize their limitations. I'm going to scan through that. Basically, we go down to the nine ethical practices. Satan represents 
indulgence instead of abstinence. Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. Satan represents responsibility for the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires. Satan represents man on just as just another animal, sometimes better, more often worse than those walk on all fours, who because of his divine and intellectual development has become the most vicious animal of all. Satan represents all the so-called sins as they lead to physical, mental, or emotional gratification. Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had as he has kept it in business all these years. <laughs> I sort of see that somewhat true, but it opposes everything um, that we're for here. But let me get to this other picture here in just a second. I know it gets pretty interesting. It does for me anyway. Sorry if you don't find it interesting here today. But one of his books, I believe, is Sympathy for the Devil, LeVay, The Church of Satan, obviously, um, they, they bring out the similarities of him being the devil. And what I already said about his pointed ears and cape and all that. But basically he had the reputation, this individual, of making Satanism popular in this day and hour. In that time. And was instrumental in bringing it about. But his reputation was becoming the devil's incarnate. Um, he stated, it is not being easy. Or look at his quotes, but this is just one of them. It's not easy being evil in a world that's going to hell some of his other quotes were evil is live backwards Satan has the best basically he's the best friend the church has ever had and this last one the real Satanist is not quite so easily recognized as such it's not always just those with Satanistic t-shirts with red hair and and a necklace the real ones that are really doing damage sometimes they don't want to present themselves. They more so want to present themselves in the angel of light, like Lucifer the, himself. Basically, that you are your own God is Satanism, self-worship. I don't know if I'm going to get through this, but I'll try a little bit more here. But anyhow, all religions, this is what he was saying, Nature are inventions of man. He was created an entire system of gods with nothing more than his carnal brain. Just because he has an ego and cannot accept it, he has to externalize it into some great spiritual device which he calls God. Basically, he played a success in tearing down morality. And he had a lot to say of how this was transpiring. And this, in a way, affects our world as it has become vital and as it dates back to like 1939. Um, I'm going to speak here just a little bit about what he said was pivotal for bringing about this thinking amongst everybody that was against this kind of thinking. The birth of the TV was a magical event foreshadowing its satanic significance. The first commercial broadcast was aired in Walpus Nacht, April 30th, 1939 at the New York's World Fair. Since then, TV's infiltration has so gradual, so complete, that no one even noticed. People don't need to go to church anymore. They can get their morality plays on television. 
the telephone, also the internet nowadays. But it says, LeVay compares satellite dishes and antennas to church top crosses and notes that the television or TV has been in effect the major religion of masses, even calling the television set the satanic family altar. It's eye-opening. Christian explaining article, a Christian writing this article, explains certainly when looking at the television today, the TV today, except for the small amount of Christian programming available, one wonders how we have grown to tolerate such violence, sexual innuendos, explicit sexual scenes, evolutionary humanism, profanity, and so on. If you think about it, though, we're stimulated in our thoughts. 90% of what we sort of um, begin to believe is stimulated by sight. By sight. And what we focus on and what we become, you know, in a way, um, you know, is what we give our attention to. That's why we got to keep God up there. Basically, the Bible speaks a little bit of different things that we got to be careful with our eyes. They are gates that let things into our heart, but abstain from all appearance of evil. It's a good scripture. I will put no wicked thing before my eyes. So we got to, in a way, we got to guard ourselves against things that would diminish and keep God. We just got to, we got to guard things is what it basically comes down to. Amen? Anton LaVey April 11th, 1930, through October 29th, 1997. I'm going to try to quit here in about five minutes. I probably ain't going to get done. But anyhow, he died right before Halloween. And the members of his family said LeVay died October 29th, but for some reason, his death certificate lists him as having died October 31st. Following a deeping ministry, the family said they kept his death a secret for a week in order to distract his followers over their most important holiday season. I've heard it said the veil is the thinnest around this time of year for the enemy. They're fasting. They're praying against light. They're praying against everything that's of God right now. Everything that's of God. If you look at this other picture, and then I'm going to quit right after that. You look at the statue right here. That was a symbolic, um, a satanic statue of Baphomet, a winged goat creature, which they use as their symbol. Uh, they it basically, there's rumors according to where you go as far as this thing, seven different places. But basically, it stays in their little temple. They own it, and they made, they spend a lot of money to make that thing, and they present it as something that's not so bad. But look into it a little deeper. But anyhow. They brought this thing on a truck and they put it in Arkansas, Little Rock, right across from the statue with the Ten Commandments and God's law to oppose everything that's of God. Protecting their First Amendment rights. It gets pretty intense. Basically, this Bofamit, but they're making t-shirts. If you look upon it, it says, Not Today, Jesus. Basically, it's a deity that represents the sum of the entire universe and all its opposing forces. They're opposing everything that's of God. They're opposing everything. This is what they're looking to. They're, look into the symbols here. 
if you do a study, it's very prominent as far as bringing some light to this thing. But the goat also statue, you know, a winged hermaphrodite with a torch between his horns, a pentagram on his forehead. That torch was a sign of enlightenment, of going after the flesh. And that little signal like this means as above, so below. You got a God above, there's going to be a God below. And um, you, you can see, it, you know, as the scripture says, um, let his will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Let the enemy's will be done in this earth as it is below. There's an opposite and contrast to many things. I ain't got time to get into all that today, but it contains all binary opposites above and below. He was part animal, part human, male and female. It embodies opposites and celebrates contrast. Basically, Time, Jex Blackmore, a magazine article he wrote, who organized the unveiling Baphomet, or however you pronounce that, but contains binary elements symbolizing a reconciliation. They want us to be all right with this, of opposites, emblematic of the willingness to embrace and even celebrate differences. He went on to say, in a, stint, in a sense, this statue here is a stress test to the American plurality. At what point does religious freedom make the people uncomfortable? Basically, it's time for the church to reprioritize God's kingdom and put him and exalt him higher. I don't have time to get through this, but we need to be an obstacle for the enemy as never before. This is a real thing. There's a big picture going on. And we can't be ignorant of his devices. Um, we can't just be influenced and in accepting things that are not of God and expect to walk in spiritual authority and dominion over the enemy and, and really be the influence that... God desires his people to be let it not be said that the children of darkness are, are wiser than the children of light amen as bad as things do look we do serve a God that's still in control amen I'm not trying to doom and gloom us here today but it's not time for the church to go AWOL it's not time for us to go absent we were born for this hour <laughs> We were born to be light when this world's so dark. We were born to reach in past the darkness and say, this soul is important to God. He died for this soul. It's a time to be truly apostolic. It's a time to worship. It's a time to run the aisles. It's a time to pray. It's a time to fast, get our flesh in subjection. It's time to guard our eyes and our, everything that we do. Stay consecrated. If we want to really overtame, overcome the realms of darkness in our communities, it's a time to embrace truth and get a real love for it. It's not a time for the church to play footsie underneath the table with this world. It's not a time. You see, the smaller the church's influence, the greater the Antichrist. We need to disfellowship this world's thinking darkness is not going to prevail it's not time for the church to fold up shop 1st John 4 and 4 and I'm going to read one more passage ye are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world we do know Revelation 12 11 tells us and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb 
and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. Well, I guess I am getting through. One more passage of scripture here. You guys wait for that. I got like 10 scriptures to read. That sort of brings this thing together. It's a lot to try to shotgun and get in of one lesson here, but there's a lot more to it. 1 John 12 through 29. Two twelve through 29. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, this is a message to all generations because ye are strong and have, and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us because they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have written unto you, because ye know the truth, and because ye know it, and that no lie is in the truth. Hopefully I made an attempt just to bring about the truth of what's going on in this hour. We've got to expose the enemy for what he is. And we, it's not time for the church to go AWOL. And I'll give us a short break. Thank you today.